Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. Bingo, how fun. How fun indeed it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Short Story Bingo. My name is Nate Chacon III. If this is your first time, welcome. If it's not, the retention program is working. What I do on this podcast is I'm a glorified narrator. The stories that you have heard and some that you have not. It's like Libro.fm, sort of. What we are going to be reading today is the third part of the Meyer Lansky Lucky Luciano series. And um, from uh, from the book by Carl Safakis, uh, Mafia Encyclopedia. And we're going to be touching on two big points that we've been... Uh, referencing through the last two, which is one, the Five Points Gang, uh, which is a pre-prohibition gang that both Lucky and Meyer were part of, and then um, the Normandy SS and it going down. So very excited to uh, wrap this up and uh, learn a little bit more about both of these with you. So um, thank you guys again for your support and listening. Please visit the YouTube and subscribe there as well. Hit the bell. Uh, for your notifications when new videos drop every Friday. Um, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Extraterrestrial Media. Visit extratmedia.com if you need to film a music video, record an audio single, or get a drone shot of your business or home, need consultation for a project, and much, much more. Visit extratmedia.com. They have a range of services to help any of your media needs. We're also partnered with Libro.fm. When you make the switch, enter Story Bingo at checkout for your new membership to receive two audiobooks credits instead of one. Libro.fm makes it possible for you to buy audiobooks through your local bookstore, giving you the power to keep money within your local economy, create local jobs, and make a difference in your community. Here at the at Short Story Bingo, um, I am we're partnered. Through Libro.fm to the King's English Bookshop. Uh, visit kingsenglish.com. If you're in the valley, they are located at 1511 South, 1500 East here in Salt Lake City. Short Story Bingo is also partnered with Size. Brandon Harris and his team have created an innovative product that works over 40 muscles in your face. It fucking works. It's awesome. Please Use this code STORYBINGO to get 60% off of your order. 60% off of your entire order. I don't know if I said that loud enough. 60% off your order. Visit JawsRSize.com, J-A-W-Z-R-S-I-Z-E, and go to you, you can check out the uh, total transformation pack to, to see what your results are from there. It's a clear guide on how to utilize it. Um, and... There's custom mouthpieces, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Jawsersize.com, enter code STORYBINGO. All right, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe both again on on Twitter, is what I was going to say, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at ShortStoryBingo and at Gabino Grimes, and, of course, on the YouTube. We've uh, upped our subscribers up there uh, by five, so that's good. But in full transparency, the more the better, so that we can keep this thing flowing for you. All right, let's go ahead and mention our top three countries uh, beyond the United States. Yo, what up to the Netherlands, Canada, and the United Kingdom? Uh, and then the top three states is Florida, Idaho, and Texas. That has been the top three for a while now. They've been holding the rain on, on that. So, yeah, good ups, big ups to them. Now, 
our random Twitter follower shout out. I hope you guys are well, man. This is going to be a fun one. I'm really excited to learn about the Five Points Gang and everything. All right, let's see, because I never have this second up. Salty Block Boy, MOE, man. I'll uh, post, post in there, but congrats on the little random Twitter follower shout out. Um, yeah, episode 61. I can't believe we're here. We've done it. 61, Five Points Gang, Normandy SS, short story bingo. Thank you. Peace, you know? Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. All right, here we go. Okay, five points, gang. Let's do this. If you guys have enjoyed what you have already listened to, please uh, make sure to hit the like button or comment on uh, like Apple Music and stuff, man. Um, I've seen the previous ratings, so we certainly appreciate that. Um, but all the more, the merrier, you know? Let's uh, keep this community going. I, I certainly enjoy it. I know George enjoys it. Um, and we uh, we see big things in the future happening for y'all. All right. Part three of Meyer Lansky and Lucky Luciano and their contributions to the modern-day mafia. All right. Five points, gang. Probably more modern-day gang leaders came out of the turn-of-the-century five points, gang and its allied organizations than from any other outfit in America. The Five Pointers were the last great pre-prohibition gang in New York, composed of an army of about 1,500 eye-gouging terrorists, virtually all Italian. Super cool to fucking say terrorists in there. Um, they represented the transition between the 19th century cutthroat Irish street gangs such as the Dead Rabbits, new name, please. The Plug Uglies, another new name. And the Yos, uh, all new names. All those need new names, you know? <laughs> Let's read that one more time. They represented the transition between the 19th century cutthroat Irish street, ga street gangs, such as the Dead Rabbits, the Plug Uglies, and the Yos. And Yos is W-H-Y-O-S. And the outfits of the 1920s, which formed the nucleus of what became organized crime in America. The only chieftain in the Five Points Gang that, oh, excuse me, the only chieftain the Five Points Gang ever had was as was an ex bantamweight prize fighter of some skill named Paolo Antonini Vaccarelli, 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 but better known as Paul Kelly. <laughs> they fucking took his whole shit out. Yeah, what's your name, man? Uh, Paolo Antonini Vaccarelli. Uh-huh, yeah. Paul Kelly. Is anyone else good with that? We're good with that? Yeah, Paul Kelly is what we're, we're going to... Paul Kelly versus uh, Ian fucking Brooker. And should have been Booker, but I don't know. His dad's here, so we're going to call him Brooke. Or Paul Kelly. That's fucking good, you know? I wonder what that process was at uh, Ellis Island... Um, and I'm, I'm, I would love to look into it actually now that I'm talking about it, but when they came and like, they were giving names and I know that folks like just changed their names. I don't know if they just changed their names or they were told to change their names or if they were like asked, you know, if anyone knows that comment in below, and I, I, I'd love to get the link for that. I'm going to 
uh, I'm, I'm a fiend for like a, a good YouTube rabbit hole to go down. All right. Uh, in the in the pre World War uh, excuse me in the pre World War One era of union organizing and union busting, Kelly leased out his troops to businessmen as, stri- as strike breakers, to other mobs as hitmen for hire, and to politicians to control voting. Super fucked up. Kelly was an efficient organizer, user for something better, and members of youth gangs that flocked to him for recognition hoped for nothing more than eventually to gain admission to the Five Pointers proper. One of Kelly's most ardent admirers, admirers was Johnny Torillo, then a young man in his early 20s who ran a youth gang called the James Street Gang under Kelly's tutelage. Thus, through Torio, Torio Kelly became in future years the sponsor and spiritual godfather of such very young gangsters as Al Capone, Lucky Luciano, and Frankie Yale. While the Five Pointers were virtually all Italian and fought many a battle with Monk Eastman and his equally large and powerful collection of Jewish gangsters, Kelly recruited some other ethnics. Among them were the likes of the Jewish Kid Dropper, who was, before his murder in 1923, the biggest labor slugger extortionist in the post-war era. Kelly was probably the first to indicate to Torrio, and certainly to Luciano, that Italians could cooperate with gangsters of other nationalities in the quest for money. It was a lesson that Luciano never forgot. And we mentioned that in the Lucky Luciano episode, um, part one of this series, that he made a concerted effort to reach out to other ethnicities to make money. That was something that they were very steadfast on doing, was to build connections with whoever wanted to build connections that were wanted to keep growing what they were already doing and were over the old Sicilian mafia um, mindset of like, you know, it's only, you know, only Sicilians and this is the way that it goes. So yeah, for, for this to say that it was a lesson that Luciano never forgot. We touched on that. Kelly maintained his headquarters in the new Brighton dance hall on great Jones street. He owned the place which was one of Manhattan's flesh pots and a magnet for slumming socialites eager to rub shoulders with a real live gang leader like Kelly. Makes it sound so fun, you know? Kelly could play the role because he was dapper and urbane, mm, with a certain amount of self-education and a touch of cultural tastes. For many, he became society's naughty darling. Always like the, this is the bad boy, you know, that bad boy image. Yeah. That's what uh, he was. That's what he was going for. I haven't. Uh, I haven't ever heard it called as God. He's such a naughty darling, you know. Like he's, he's, he's naughty, but he's fucking sweet, you know. He'll, he'll break your legs, but he'll bring you roses too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> However, it was criminality that kept Kelly and the Five Pointers gang going. Okay, by 1915, the gang was rapidly deteriorating deteriorating first time reading that word with reform movements labor slugging faded as an activity what's labor slugging what is like i i mean i get it the word but let's look up what labor slugging Uh, 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 uh. 
Labor Slugger Wars. Okay, I found it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just like that beat now. You know? Alright, okay. Uh, the Labor Slugger Wars was a 15-year period of gang wars among New York City labor sluggers for control of labor racketeering uh, from 1911 to 1927. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm still just trying to end racist slugging match. Okay, now I'm going down a rabbit hole on fucking Google. All right. Uh, so anyway, so labor slugging was uh, reaching its uh, deterioration. All right. By 1915, the gang was rapidly deteriorating. With reform movements, labor slugging faded as an activity. And late that year, Kelly found a permanent little niche for himself in a little labor um, fiefdom, organizing the, the Garbage Scow Trimmers Union. The rag pickers on the dumps at the East River and several other small but later influential harbor unions. Kelly left his bailwick on the Lower East Side and moved into a house on 352 East 16th Street owned by his gangland friends, the Morello family and Ciro Terranova. All that remained of the Five Pointers were their heritage and their successful graduates, Torrio, Capone, Luciano, Yale, and others who went on to raise the heights of criminal power during the Prohibition era. Okay, well, I thought that was going to... I mean, it's good info, for sure. The fact that Lucky Luciano came out of that, that stock. If, if I remember correctly, Lucky was um, being... I mean, obviously, it explains that he was a graduate of the, of the Five Pointers gang. But when... Like, he didn't uh, want to, let's see, by the, the, the Italians could cooperate with gangsters of other nationalities. What did he say right here? Among them were the likes of the Jewish kid dropper, the biggest labor slugger expression in the post-war era. Kelly was probably the first to indicate to Torrio and certainly to Luciano. That okay, so the Five Pointers gang, the Five Points gang essentially helped Luciano catapult himself to his his. Um, stature that he made and one of the biggest things they would not have mentioned it if it wasn't that and it would not have been mentioned in the other episode that uh, Luciano focused on just making money and that whole thing that we were talking about so that's cool okay alright well that's a little bit about the five points gang actually you know what just because we're here let's do this really quick I just want to see something as we're looking at this hmm Holy Jesus. I just saw something crazy. What is that? Uh, what the fuck is that? Let's see. Ooh, there's a fucking mafia Wikipedia. Okay. I mean, there's not like a lot more into it. They they do just mention that Paul Kelly was, he, he founded it. So Paul Kelly, or as we just spoke about, Paolo Anto Antonio Vacciarelli. What, excuse me, God damn, was an Italian-American who founded the Five Points Gang, one of the dominant street gangs in the first two decades of the 20th century. Yeah. And they he recruited youth. So, like, yeah, Lucky Luciano was a fucking teen... Excuse me, he was a teenager at the time. Yep. Gambling dens and brothels were numerous in the Five Points area. So, the area of Manhattan... This is what Five Points is. The area of Manhattan were four streets... Uh, Anthony, Cross, 
Orange, and Little Water converged was known as the Five Points. Mulberry, notorious for slum tenements, was one street down from the Five Points. This area, now the present-day location of Chinatown, lay between Broadway and the Bowery. By the 1820s, this district had been a center of settlement for poor immigrants and was considered a slum area of run-down wood frame and brick dwellings. Warehouses and commercial enterprises, uh, enterprises excuse me, dating from the late 18th century colonial era and early 19th century, populated by mostly poor English and Scots-Irish with increasing torrents of waves of Irish refugees by the 1840s is that is the five points gang um what's that movie called gangs in new york um with daniel day lewis um is that what that is about uh historic okay martin i forgot that martin scorsese directed that uh, it was inspired by Herbert Asbury's 1927 nonfiction book, The Gangs of New York. Damn. Definitely want to fucking get that. Add that to the bucket list. It's just called Gangs of New York? That's the name of the book, dude? Good. All right. Uh, doesn't... Okay. Well, we'll come back to that. Mm. Oh, Yeah. Okay, base. Okay, so here we go. Okay, um, there are some gross. Uh, okay. Yeah, 150 years ago, an area in Lower Manhattan called the Five Points played host to the gladi- uh, gladiatorial clashes between U.S. born native and Im- immigrant Irish gangs. You guys remember at the beginning of that movie when, um, uh, they're all like converge on the like one area. That's what I think of when I hear of the five points. So that's like why I was like, oh shit, isn't that fucking? And weren't there one of the one of the groups called like the Dead Rabbits or some shit and the Gangs of New York? I gotta rewatch the movie anyway. Okay, that's a little bit about the Gangs of New York or <laughs> the Five Points Gang. All right, let's uh, fucking move on. Uh, let's look up the Normandy part. There's so much in this book, dude. I love this book so much. Okay, we found it. Got it now. God, this book is floppy as shit too, you know. Thanks you guys for listening. I'm not sure how much this is going to say about it, but it looks like it's a lot more than uh, the other part. Okay. So this uh, section is uh, called Normandy SS. And before just really quick, um if you remember in both of the episodes, uh, they speak about what Lucky Luciano's uh said posthumously, uh, well, not it was discovered posthumously that uh, Lucky Luciano has something to do with the sabotage of the Normandy SS. So that's what we're going to read about. On February 11th, 1942, not long after the United States entered World War II, the night skies over New York's Hudson River, uh, Hudson River Piers, turned crimson in a spectacular fire. Ablaze was the former French liner Normandy. 
renamed the Lafayette, which was being converted to a troop carrier. It would have made a most efficient troop ship since its high speed would have made it an extremely difficult target for German Wolfpack submarines, then decimating the Atlantic shipping. The fire gutted the Normandy. Flames burned fiercely all over the ship, and it was clearly arson. Officially, the government interfered. It was not sure what had happened. It might have been Nazi sabotage, or it might simply have been due to worker carelessness. At U.S. Navy headquarters in Washington, carelessness was not taken seriously. That possibility had been raised simply to prevent civilian panic. But what had happened to the Normandy? I wish I had a fucking... Uh... Oh, wrong sound for that. <laughs> But what had happened to the Normandy? The truth was not revealed for almost three decades until the posthumous memoirs of Lucky Luciano explained that the ship had been sabotaged by the Mafia. That explanation was later confirmed by the usually tight-lipped Meyer Lansky, who, still later, revealed the same basic facts to his Israeli biographers. It was the mafia that struck the match to the Normandy. The purpose was to light a fire under the military authorities so that they could be panicked into enlisting the imprisoned Lucky Luciano into efforts to stop sabotage on the docks. So it was a coup. Even before the Normandy fire, naval intelligence was convinced that German or Italian-speaking dock workers were signaling information to offshore enemy subs. Whoops. A phone call came in. <laughs> All right. Uh, that ex- okay, it was the mafia. That, okay, the purpose was to light a finder under the military authorities so that they could be panicked into enlisting the imprisoned Lucky Luciano into efforts to stop sabotage on the docks. Even before the Normandy fire, naval intelligence was convinced that German or Italian-speaking dock workers were signaling information to offshore enemy subs. It was clear to these intelligence operatives that they did not have the power to prevent this, and neither did the New York police. The only force capable of doing so was the underworld. The first man to see the opening... Uh, to see the opening, the first man to see the opening this gave the mafia was, that was a typo on the books part. So that's not, the first man to see the opening gave the moff, what? The first man to see the opening for the mafia was Albert Anastasia. That's, I'm changing it. A long time Luciano loyalist. Okay. And we've heard Albert's name in the, in the past episode as well. So Albert conferred with his brother, tough Tough Tony Anastasia, uh, Anastasia, who then took a plan to Frank Costello, acting head of Luciano's crap, uh, crime family. Costello journeyed to Danamora prison to present the idea of burning the Normandy to Luciano, who saw it would give him tremendous leverage with the government. Officials would have to deal with him to keep the dock safe. Okay? Look, we'll, we'll uh, set this 
fucking thing ablaze. And, I mean, they'll know what happened, that it was sabotage. They already have other people or, you know, different things that they're looking at. As they wouldn't even suspect that it was us. They could suspect it was us because we're, bl- we're lighting other shit on fire. But they're not going to suspect it's us here. With a nod from Luciano, the Normandy burned. Later, Luciano would gloat. That goddamn Anastasia. He really done a job. Later on, Albert told me not to feel too bad about what happened to the ship. He said that as a sergeant in the army, he hated the fucking Navy anyway. The Normandy's fate galvanized official Washington, official Washington to action. Almost instantly, an emergency plan called Operation Underworld came into being, calling for utilizing the Mafia to help the war effort. The Navy approached Joseph Sox Lanza, the racket boss of the Fulton Fish Market, with the idea. Lanza explained he was a small fish in the matter and passed the Navy on to Costello and Meyer Lansky. They let it be known that only Luciano could give the okay. The mob had won their war. Officials fell all over themselves trying to please Charles Lucky Luciano. Costello said he was unhappy being in Danamora, the Siberia of the New York penal system. And maybe he should be transferred to Sing Sing. Officials went went one better and moved him to Great Meadow Prison, the most pleasant institution in the system. Luciano passed the word that the mob had to do all the poss- uh, had to do all possible on the docks to aid the war effort. Lansky personally lectured Anastasia, telling him that he and his brother mustn't burn any more ships. He was sorry, Lansky recalled. Not sorry he had the Normandy burned, but sorry he couldn't get at the Navy again. Fucking guy. From Great Meadow, Luciano issued many orders, so he was in prison. Ostensibly concerning the war effort, but in conversations with Costello and Lansky, he spent most of his time exerting active control once more over the National Crime Syndicate. And after the war, of course, Governor Thomas E. Dewey, full circle here, who had put Luciano in prison for 30 to 50 years on a charge of compulsory prostitution, agreed to his release because of his patriotic services to the government. Well, that wraps up uh, part three, man. What did we learn? I didn't mean to do quotations on the patriotic. I mean, he helped, you know? Um... I just, you know, it's just like, he did the, I don't know how much of a favor he was doing, but, uh, I mean, clearly, and the reason why I say that is because clearly he had ulterior motives. So it wasn't like, you know, he was, it was a completely like, um, altruistic, uh, maneuver on his part. All good though. I mean, he was released Thomas Dewey again. They thought they got him fucking 30 to 50 years and then um, come to find out. He's like, you guys did this. Fuck. Yeah. Bring him into my fucking office. Yeah. Bring him in. Yeah. Take a seat. Luck. Go ahead. I want him to call him luck. Take a seat. Luck. Yeah. I do. I don't. Um, heard about the Normandy. Heard about uh, 
and this is hard for me. Heard about the guys that are doing it, uh, and uh, we're um, we're we're thankful for it. Oh, no problem, no problem, yeah, no problem. We'll we'll keep doing it. We'll keep looking at after the dogs for you too after I get out of here, because I know that a lot of things going on with the Polish journeys. I know that's going on. So no problem, no problem. You don't got to keep whispering. Look, yeah, you got it, man. You're gonna get out, and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, Brick, can you take him on, please? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Uh, I think uh. I, what I learned through the three parts of learning more about Meyer Lansky and Lucky Luciano is that in order to make any sort of organization, whether it be crime or um, legitimate, is to have a large network and not to uh, pigeonhole yourself. Um, that's something that uh, I, I caught a lot from that. And that I also was surprised that Lucky Luciano didn't want to be in power like he like he didn't care to be the figurehead like that. Um, he just wanted to make money too, and just like because I don't think it's like that shit uh, when people uh, are mentioned like on camera or like on film. Like don't fucking say my name, bro. Don't like don't say my shit. You know, don't tell people that you're hanging out with me like that or whatever. Like, there's a lot of people that don't care to have that because they know you know the either a they're doing some wild stuff on the back and or you know b uh they just don't care for that recognition not everyone likes the spotlight i mean you know guys like john Gotti loved the spotlight but meyer lansky didn't care for it like that and so did lucky luciano so and so didn't lucky luciano but yeah, I mean, I thought that was super fun, man. I want to do that again a little bit more often, this new series. But we're coming into, and so with that said, thank you guys for listening and your support um, on, uh, you know, rocking with us for this three-part series on The Mob and Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky and their um, contributions to the modern-day mafia. Um, go cat, go cop this, yo. I, the uh, link, it's like... Uh, I don't know. It's like full of shit, dude. Like organized crime. This is its encyclopedia. Like Carl Sofakis did a great job, like to just like flip through and to, um, you know, it's one of those things that you, I, I consider like as a book collector myself, like one of just those essential things to have. Like I have a awesome, um, book from, uh, it's called, um, the hip hop Bible. And obviously, you know, but it's, it's by KRS one, but it's dope to like pull out every now and again and um, like just read a page like, or a couple pages or something like, just like, you know, just like fucking mm, there. And then boom, murder incorporated enforcement arm of national syndicate movie racketeering fucking the mobs in move. The mobs moved in on Hollywood movie makers during the reign of Al Capone when the industry was still silent. Yo, see like that's super dope. Like that's all, that's all good to me. Um, but again, want to say thank you to our sponsors, obviously extra T media. Yo, man, check it out. Go cop, cop their merch. I'm going to wear my, my shirt next week, uh, when we, uh, go again, but I really appreciate George and everything that he's doing. Give him a follow at George life. Um, and also at extra T media, go to Libro.fm. Uh, make the switch from Audible short or just use our code story bingo. You get two audiobooks at the beginning of your um, subscription rather than just one. Uh, I mean, the move is lateral, but it's also helping the community that you're in. And then also go to jawsercise.com. We just went through our, you know, the Black Friday sale. There's going to be Cyber Monday. 
This is a Cyber Monday code essentially all the time. 60% off, bro. 60% off. I promise you. Just go like get, just get the little pack even. And I mean, it's like normally like 60 bucks. You get 60% off. It's like 23 bucks or something like that. Story Bingo. I highly, highly recommend utilizing that service, man. When you're working out, just throw that mouthpiece in and um, you can feel like that that rush of uh, energy. I mean, I, I was going to say like blood flow, but it. I mean, it is that because you're like working your face and, and shit. So yeah, hi, I'm just very, very, very thankful that we're able to offer that to our listeners. So uh, episode 61, um, Short Story Bingo. My name is Nate Chacon III. Thank you guys for riding with us. And I think that's about all I got. Uh, oh, Short Story Bingo at gmail.com. Um, I received an email last week about uh Meyer excuse me about the lucky luciano art i have been doing the episode art for the youtube thumbnails um if you guys have any questions about i i mean i answered this this guy's question i helped him out i go to canva.com uh, super easy sub service to use um i paid for the premium su subscription it's something that i've been using i have no problem i mean it's out so fucking use it you know it's a service that i went to but um yeah I am really, really happy about where this is going. So part three is all wrapped up. We just read about the, the Normandy SS and it burning down in 1942. And then, of course, the Five Points Gang, its origins, uh, Paul Kelly and um, Lucky Luciano being a graduate of it. So episode 61, more short story bingo. Nature come third. Peace. Dun, dun, dun. Spare fingers. Yes.